Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, Sierra from the future here, and I just felt like it was really important to hop in and just talk about a few things before we get into this episode. First and foremost, Skylar and I did film this podcast episode over a month ago now, and that was prior to the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent protests and uprising in response to that. We both felt it was really important to hold off on posting this episode to give space to the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black voices that need to be heard and that we need to be listening to. Then I had some things go on in my personal life that led us to take another week off. And now that we're back, I just didn't feel like it was appropriate to jump in with this episode that has no mention of Black Lives Matter, no mention of everything going on, of police brutality, of systemic racism, of all the problems that the Black community faces. It just did not feel right to jump right in with this episode. And so I wanted to come on before and A, just let you guys know that the reason we're not talking about those things is because this episode was pre-filmed. And second, to let you know that we are linking a bunch of resources and donation outlets in the comments in the description. And if you're looking for ways to help, there's a Black Lives Matter link that is a huge directory of petitions, actions you can take, places to donate. If you're looking for a way to help, this is a great place to start. So click that link. Check them out, sign some petitions, take some time to read and learn and listen and donate if you can. We'll be donating 100% of the proceeds from this episode to a cause fighting racial injustice. Also, we will be filming a new episode this week to go live next Monday in which we will talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been going on. We're going to be doing our best to use our platform for social good and for social change without centering the narrative on ourselves because this is not about us. But we do want to make sure that we're using our platform to highlight this very important movement and encourage you guys to donate and support as well. Also in this episode, Skylar and I talk about dealing with hate and criticism online. And she talks about how she's been thinking about making her Instagram private. And since filming this episode, she has made the decision to do that, which I support 100%. I'm so proud of Skylar for putting herself and her mental health and her family first. And I hope you guys can support her in that too. She has decided that she still wants to be on the podcast. So I'm very, very happy to still have her here. And you guys will get to hear from her on this podcast every week or every week that we end up posting an episode. So thank you guys for being here, for listening. Please check out the resources and donation links in the description and the pin comment and let's go ahead and get into this video pop the popcorn put on your comfiest pajamas and grab a drink because it's time for a new episode of sierra unfiltered hello everyone and welcome back to episode 38 of sierra unfiltered hey sky Hey, Sierra. <laughs> Hi, friends listening. How's it going? I'm good. I am really, really excited about the topic of the podcast today. It's something that Skylar and I have talked about a lot individually off the podcast. Or I guess that wouldn't be individually, as, as a duo together, but not online. Um, and when we were brainstorming what we wanted to talk about on the podcast today, it just seemed like a, a really good thing to talk about. So I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I think that 
sometimes conversations like this are harder to have on the podcast because I think that both you and I are people who like I think we want people to gain something (laughs) when they listen to this podcast and I feel like a lot of times being on the other side of a situation gives you a lot more perspective and and hopefully you can come out of it having learned a couple lessons that you can share and I think I speak for both of us when I know at least for me I'm in the midst of this and I don't know what's going to come of it I mean I I feel like it's kind of 50-50 right now of like <laughs> I might delete all my social media or I might like continue on like nothing ever happened and and I think that I I don't think you're there 50-50 but I think but I you are I think also figuring out how to manage Yes, you definitely speak for me in the aspect of like, I am still very much figuring this out. And the other thing is, so, I mean, we'll stop being vague. You've seen the title. We're going to talk about dealing with hate online and criticism and kind of the nuanced conversation around that. Um, Because I think a lot of the times when we talk about hate online, we lump it all together as one big thing. And the reality is like someone telling me that I am, you know, Uh, something off like really really awful is totally different than someone giving me valid criticism and so I think it it is a really nuanced conversation that I think the podcast is a perfect platform to talk about it on because we can really delve in deep about you know not only our opinions on you know hate and influencers and and choosing what to share online and what to not but also kind of how we navigate it and how it it does affect us in our real lives because the reality is, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, let the hate roll off your back. None of it f- affects you. You know, Jojo Siwa, I'm gonna come back like a boomerang. It's it's easy to say that. But the reality is when you read these things about you and you hear these people saying these things about you in your DMs and your comments, it can really get to you and affect you. And I think in the influencer YouTuber community, it's something that we're very much told we shouldn't talk about because when you address hate, it gets worse. And, you know, even taking it further than that with just hate, when you address, you know, I have so many YouTube friends who have had issues with people coming to their house, with stalkers, with really serious things. And and we're told that we should not address it because that just validates them, which is kind of true. And, you know, it does give them in the end what they want. And so that's another reason I typically don't engage with hate. But I do think there's a really interesting conversation to have about it. And I want to have that conversation even when it's hard. And hopefully the podcast in this episode is a good place to have that conversation without, you know, giving people who are spewing hatred a platform and a spotlight. Yeah, I mean... I think two things kind of come to mind when you were saying that. I think the first is that I want to give a little bit of a content warning. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything that would be necessarily like triggering for someone that we're going to be talking about. But we are going to be talking about hate and negativity and it impacting us and our mental health. And so I just want to give a warning because I feel like our podcasts usually are either like a little more serious about like mental health and body positivity or it's like our fun hobby cast and I think this is going to kind of fall into the first category of being a little more serious in tone we are going to be talking about our mental health so I just kind of wanted to give that disclosure and also I think this is an interesting time to talk about it because 
before when we've had these conversations like I before we filmed this I was thinking back to the video that we filmed with Carrie where we just like kind of sat down and chatted about everything and the only hate that I had ever experienced like online was in that like Brandy Melville video that has just I feel like that's always been my go-to you know of like the only time I experienced it was this and so I know that like I can't handle that like I can't go through that again and I think because of the podcast and everything my Instagram has been growing and so now I'm experiencing it on like in my home field for myself and so I think it's interesting now because before I only understood it from your perspective but now I I obviously get one one hundredth of what you get and I don't want to like compare apples to grapes or whatever you know but but like I I have gotten what you get messages now and yeah yeah and I think it's interesting because you and I both we get very different types of hate um and criticism and so I just I think it's interesting to talk about so yeah I'm I'm, is it weird to say I'm excited? No, <laughs> to I am excited it, too because this is something that I never really talk about online and so it's it's something new and just to piggyback off what you said about the content warning and the trigger warning we're not going to talk like specifics about like horrible we're not going to be sitting here like reading horrible messages that people have sent us but you know it might come up that like trigger warning uh, I guess I would say suicide or just people saying awful things I get told to kill myself every like every week I would say at least once a week I get a message from someone telling me that I should kill myself I'm not gonna sit here and read those messages but those kind of things may come up in this conversation so if that's something that is sensitive to you just be aware of that and then be aware that we are gonna be talking about those things candidly oh that's so horrible (laughs) I mean, I, I, I guess I, I knew that that happens, but I, I don't think I understood the velocity in which it happens or that's awful. When I think that's that's the other thing in that influencers are very much told not to talk about those things mm-hmm. and that by, you know, if I posted a screenshot on my Instagram story of every awful thing that someone sent me, I would just be inviting more of that and saying, you know, if you send these to me, I'll read them and I'll post I see them and I post them and you get to me and so we're very much told don't talk about it don't address it and so while I do get messages and comments like that on a weekly basis I I don't talk about it because if I'm afraid if I do it's just going to get worse and I think influencers and YouTubers and just the community as a whole is very much told don't address it don't talk about it and it's it's hard because it's something that is like I would say one of the most taxing parts about the job of being an online content creator. And another thing, I just want to give a disclaimer before we go into this. I am so keenly aware, almost too keenly aware, that this is an incredibly privileged conversation. And that I am incredibly lucky to have the job that I do of being a YouTuber. And it's a dream job. It's something that I never thought I would be able to do. And I am so aware that this is a first world of first worldiest problems. However, I do think there's an interesting conversation to be had about it. And it is something that does affect me. And it is, although it's something that people say, you know, you sign up for this when you become an online creator or, you know, it's just part of the job. It is, it is real and it does affect people. And I, I do think 
we should talk about it. But also I don't want it to come across as I'm ungrateful. And I think I feel a lot of guilt for being affected by comments or being affected by anything about my job or even just ever, you know, getting burnt out by YouTube. I feel so much guilt about feeling that way because I'm like, man, I'm so lucky and I have such a dream job and who am I to sit here and feel bad for myself about it. So I just want to put that out there. I am aware that this is a vi- I'm coming from a very lucky perspective. So I I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I I echo your sentiments of we're sitting here and I'm talking about being on a podcast and having like a small Instagram. Um and I understand that that's very privileged, but I do want to say when you said that you signed up for this, you you didn't sign up for people telling you to kill yourself weekly. <laughs> like, I, I understand <laughs> saying that you signed up for like constructive criticism or some people not sharing your sentiments on things or having like conflicting views or, you know, or even not constructive criticism, but just like straight up harassing people saying horrible horrible things for no reason I mean I've I've seen things that you've sent me of you'll post like an Instagram story of your dogs or something and then you'll get a message that's horrible and hateful and completely unrelated you know and it's that has no place that's someone just taking out their anger on you for no reason you know And and I don't think you truly signed up for that I, I would agree with that, which uh, we were going to do hot takes, but I feel like we're so into this conversation. Do you want to just save them to, to next week Done. and jump right into it? <laughs> I took some some notes um, just on my phone, and one of the things that you said really hit one of the things that I wrote, which was I feel like this conversation is really nuanced and is not black and white, and I don't think that all hate should be or criticism should be lumped into one thing because me posting a photo of my dog and then someone saying all these awful things about me is very different than someone critiquing me and so I kind of was sitting there thinking like what are the different kinds of negativity that I get and I kind of put it into three categories and I don't think we should lump them all together because then I think that makes it seem as though we should never criticize people who have platforms, which I, I disagree with. I think if there's someone who you think is doing something wrong or there's someone that you think could improve on something, I do think it's okay to, in a respectful, kind way, share your criticism and share that feedback. And I personally have gotten valid criticism on many things, which I think has made me a better person both online and in real life. So I think like challenge me to be better, but do it in a respectful way and do it in a way that's productive because not all criticism is productive. But so I had three categories. The first is just blatant, awful things. So like we're saying, people saying, you know, you're horrible, kill yourself. I get people all the time who tell me that I am being punished by God for my infertility. I get all the time people telling me that, you know, I don't deserve to have kids because I'm fat. I get really like genuine. And then, of course, are you, know, you joking? No, dead serious. And of course, that I get horrible. Oh, it's awful. And of course, I get, you know, and this is again, I did, I don't want to ever give platforms to those things. But I, and then I also all the time get just, you know, people hating on my body for me being plus size or my appearance. I think all of that awful, horrible, no justification. Then, I think there's criticism that's valid and challenges me to be better, which is what I had talked about previously. Um, And then I think there's what I think you and I have been experiencing like a hundred times more than usual recently, which is the overanalyzing of small details of our lives. And that was never really something that was an issue for me. 
until I would say the past two or three months. And so part of me thinks maybe it has something to do with the quarantine and that people are online more and maybe they have extra time on their hands and they are being more nitpicky than usual. Yeah, I mean, I know for me personally, I I would say 99% of what I get, if not 100%, is the third type. I feel like something about me makes people really want to nitpick every single thing I do I shouldn't laugh it's awful no but I I think it I mean I I think that I have OCPD of obsessive compulsive personality disorder of I think I need everything neat and tidy and I feel like people know that about me and I feel like people know that like I'm constantly trying my best to better myself and to live a sustainable life and to be vegan and to to do all these things and so I think people think that if they spot something that doesn't align with that that they've like solved some mystery and that like I'm trying to hide the fact yeah and and it's it's gotten to the point where I feel like for a while it was constructive of like And sometimes it still is of, you know, little things like I use disposable diapers with my child. I've never said that online, but people assume. And I, I like (laughs) it. It's just shocking to me the amount of messages because I've gotten some messages that are very kind of, hi, I'm assuming that you use disposable diapers. I use cloth. It was a really hard transition, but like these articles helped me transition. It's so much better for the planet. I know you're so passionate about that. Like maybe my message can make an impact. That's yeah. fine. They're it's putting the, people, the ball in your court and saying, hey, you might be interested to know this. It's the people who, first of all, just assume, <laughs> because I've never said online that I use disposable diapers. It's the people who assume that and then message me like horrible things saying that I'm killing the planet because I do this when I've never posted about it. Like there's nothing online that's indicative of that. Like I don't even, I don't have a vlog channel. Like I don't have like a nursery tour or anything. Like people, I don't know. I just feel like I get really nitpicked about those things of, you know, I will like show my pantry and people will be like, oh, like that's so clean and wonderful. You must have another pantry that's like filled with a bunch of junk you don't want us to see. And you're cultivating this lifestyle that's unattainable. And do you really buy all of that in bulk or do you transfer it from bags just to make everything look better? And it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like 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 why is that affecting you you know right. and right I, I obviously I don't want to call out every single thing that people message me but it's little things like that that yes. is what I get and it's all it's usually things that I I would say every single message I've gotten like that is something that I've made a decision for my family in doing you right. know of like I've gotten tons of messages about how I use dryer sheets and like you could see it in the back of one of my Instagram stories where I like showed my laundry room and about how I need to switch to wool dryer balls and like I have tried them Milo has very sensitive skin that doesn't work for me or I've used like the plastic ones that are alternatives but like I don't buy wool products so I'm not going to switch to the wool ones I have the plastic ones <laughs> in my thing well, and they just don't work you know and you shouldn't you shouldn't have to address that because exactly. like that's so you that is not something that I think you are you you ha- you should have to go on your Instagram and say I've tried using the wool the wool ones and I've tried using this 
it's okay if you use dryer sheets. You can be someone who is making some sustainable choices and others that aren't as sustainable and that's okay. And we had a really interesting conversation. This was like I think a year ago. Skylar and I were hanging out with Carrie, Carrie Dayton, and she was talking about the backlash that she gets from the thrifting community um, but only once she started doing more sustainable videos, mm-hmm. um, where she never got any comments telling her that she was a bad person for shopping at non-sustainable stores before she started thrifting. And once she started thrifting, everyone was holding her to this really, really high standard of that everything she did needed to be sustainable. And what I think ends up happening with that is it pushes people who are starting to make some choices or even making a lot of choices to be more eco-friendly and be more sustainable. It pushes them into never wanting to talk about it or not even wanting to do that because it feels like it's all or nothing. And the reality is if I did everything in my power to save the planet, I would be living in a hut with no furniture and I would be growing all of my food in my backyard and I would be sewing all of my own clothes and it I mean it you can go that far and I don't think that every I think what saves the planet is not a handful of people making those choices it's everyone making the sustainable choices that they can and it sucks that because you are so open about wanting to help the planet and making a lot of really 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 sustainable choices that then you get criticized for all the things that you do that aren't well and what's interesting is I feel like I'm not even that open about like half the things in my life that I do that are like sustainable right I mean I the only platforms I'm on are I post podcasts with Sierra we're like I don't know if we've ever really talked about sustainability. Like, no, maybe in passing. And then I post like the occasional Instagram feed picture. I'd say I post maybe once or twice a month and then I'll post Instagram stories. But it's not even like me talking to the camera. It's like a picture of Milo painting or like, you know, home decor stuff. And I, I am really passionate about sustainability. I am vegan. I I do these things, but it's not even like I run a YouTube channel where I'm like the sustainable <laughs> housewife, like right. here's my perfect lifestyle because I, I know I'm not that. And so it just makes me think for the people who who are out there preaching that much and do live a more sustainable lifestyle and are on a bigger platform, how much hate they must get. And it just is wild. Right. And I, you know what's crazy? I post so many vlogs showing myself doing laundry with dryer sheets and I have never, ever gotten a single comment or a DM that told me I shouldn't be using dryer sheets. And that's because I choose not to talk about sustainability online because I know it's going to bring that magnifying glass. I try to make as many choices as I can in my life to be more eco-friendly and the but the reality is like I'm making the choices that I can fit into my lifestyle with minimal shifting there are some people out there who really are committed to doing everything eco-friendly and if that's you like I applaud you like that is amazing but that I that's not my life's mission my life's mission isn't to look around my life and figure out every single way that I can be as eco-friendly as possible my life's mission is what is my life's mission that's a whole existential crisis but like you know I'm just trying I'm just a girl doing my best I'm making the choices that I can to be more eco-friendly but I never highlight that because the few times that I have it's brought in that magnifying glass even just like I I posted a little bit 
a while ago, someone asked me why I was a vegetarian. And I said it was primarily for environmental reasons and that going vegetarian is one of the best things you can do for the planet. And then I got a couple DMs and comments telling me that actually the best thing you can do for the planet is not have kids. So if I really care about the planet, I shouldn't be trying to conceive. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk about being vegetarian anymore. You got me. And it's just like I've never, no one's ever said anything to me about my dryer sheets. And so the, the fact that you've gotten so many about it, it really shows that that magnifying glass of analyzing those tiny, tiny details can be really problematic. Well, and I think, yeah, it's just so interesting, like, what people get irked about, you know, and like what they feel the need to message you about. And I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get into it later in the podcast, but right now I'm having a big crisis uh, as to whether or not I should just delete my Instagram. Uh, And I think that a lot of that, too, is because when I became a mother, I I swear the only mean message I had ever gotten on any like on my Instagram was about my hamster once <laughs> in the entire what like eight years that I've had my Instagram and then I had Milo and all of a sudden I, I mean I get mean messages critiquing motherhood and and, and a lot of like comparisons but now I'm also getting all these other like lifestyle yeah it messages and and I feel like the two have to be kind of tied together of I there think is people really love to amount mom of, shame yes that's what I was gonna say there's an intense amount of mom shaming and I think it's it's awful how much when like we we're talking about the magnifying glass that comes out with sustainability is 30 fold when it comes to motherhood the second someone mm-hmm. becomes a mom they're analyzing everything you do which I think I think there is a bit of sexism in that because when a man becomes a father, I don't think that magnifying glass comes out in the same way. Totally. And and I think that it's just, it's gotten to a point for me personally where people will critique things I'm doing as a mother or like choices I'm making or question me or compare their kids to Milo. But I've yet to get a mean message about Milo, mm-hmm. like about his development, about his appearance or anything like that. And I just I think I don't want it ever to get to that point. And I've I've seen the Internet. I've seen mom bloggers and Instagrammers comments and I've seen like horrible threads about people, and, you know, just the negativity that surrounds that whole world. And I just I don't think that I want it to get to that point. You know? Right. And it's, it's, it is really a crappy thing because I'm sure, and that's another thing is there is a huge silent majority where I'm sure the vast majority of people who are looking at your Instagram stories just are enjoying them. They're like, that's so great. Good for Skylar. How cute. They're, she's doing all these great things. And then there are, of course, people who message really sweet and positive things that are encouraging. And it it is a crappy reality that that really loud minority of criticism can make us feel like we have to shut everything down. And sometimes it is the right move, you know? And like I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to say, like I said, it's easy to say, you know, let it roll off your back. It doesn't matter. But especially when it comes to your child, I think it is real and it does matter and it's okay to be affected by it and it's okay to decide to remove yourself from the internet if that's what you need to do because the criticism is 
really affecting you. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty decided that I'm going to do it. Um, I don't, I don't really know what would persuade me not to. And that's not from an influx of hate. That's not for like any super dramatic reason. I mean, I don't get that many mean messages. Like I, I don't have that big of a platform. I, I'll get like maybe one a day, truthfully, you know? Yeah. And I mean, most of the time they're not like hateful, spiteful. It's just critiquing, like nitpicking things. But like I will think about that one message all day. And like you best believe that all of the hundreds of nice messages that I receive throughout the week won't resonate with me as much as the mean messages. Right. And I just I think it's different too when it is your job and it's kind of a bigger decision of whether you're going to delete it or not because that's essentially like quitting your job. But for me, it's right. it's not really a job right now. And I don't think I ever would want it to be like my full-time job. Um, and so I don't know. If you're listening to this and you can't find my Instagram, I promise there wasn't like some big scandal. <laughs> Kyle and I aren't getting divorced. There's, there's like nothing huge happening. I just, I feel like, I don't know. I want to be able to post all the pictures of Milo that I want without having to fear for his privacy or wonder if when he grows up he's gonna like resent me for sharing him so much online and I mean I've never shared a single negative thing about him or like anything that's not like picture perfect him fully clothed whatever um but even that like I don't know I don't know how much is too much for me personally so well and it's it's a hard thing to navigate because you I think it's one of those things where you can never be fully in control of it once other people outside of your the actual people you know in real life have access to it and I was actually talking to Kenzie about this a while ago and she was talking to me about how she feels like she could never be a social media personality because the idea of anyone having her name in their mouth drives her crazy like even just in real life if she hears someone is you know gossiping about her talking about her it really like affects her And so just knowing that by being a public figure, people are going to have, going to be talking about you in a negative way, no matter what, regardless of if it's on your platform or if it's just in their personal life, they're talking about you, that you are opening up yourself to that. Well, and I think what kind of made me realize that was I was talking to my friend Jessica and I feel like it's kind of a joke on the podcast if I always say like, I'm not an influencer, like (laughs) I... I am not like I just co-host this podcast and I run my Instagram like a normal person but I was talking to Jessica and I was like well you know I've just been treating my Instagram like it's my own little personal corner of the internet and it's 99% nice people who follow me and have totally positive intentions and I think I kind of woke up to the fact that I I do have a small following on there and I don't know (laughs) 40,000 plus people that are following me on there and those are people who are seeing pictures of my child every day and are seeing like pictures of me and Kyle and I don't know I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it just was never my intention like I never actively tried to grow my Instagram never ever ever and it's it's all cute and dandy to be like I'm not an influencer Da, 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 da. 
But once you have a certain following, you do have a responsibility to to post about when big things are happening in the world and and I, and just to be active on there and I don't know. I I well, just think, I, think I, I might not be ready for that and I I don't think I ever thought that I would be, but I also don't I feel like it's kind of like a rolling a boulder falling down a hill that like I can't control if that makes sense that was a really no absolutely no and no it's so true because I think you are in a very unique situation and that you never tried to grow an Instagram following and like you said the the joke of you're not an influencer because I think probably a lot of people who are watching this who are aspiring YouTubers or influencers it would be the idea to them of deleting 40,000 followers is probably crazy and the reality is you never try you never tried for that that's just something that organically happened through sharing your life on my channel and the vlog and the podcast and people finding you through Instagram and people felt connected with you and they wanted to keep up with your life but it was never something that you were striving for to have a platform and so I think it is really interesting how you because you never tried for it it probably never felt like you were growing a ton and there were all these new people because it just felt the yeah. same as when you were sharing it with your friends and family. I mean, I like, it sounds like a lie, but like, <laughs> I swear, I like didn't, I never paid attention to the numbers. You right. know, I did my first ever paid Instagram thing ever last month. And like, that's the first time that I ever truly thought about it. Because I was like, what, like, what am I worth? What, <laughs> like, how many followers do I have? Yeah, what is going on here? You know, and and I just feel like I I don't want to feel a responsibility to post. But also, like, I would love for all of my posts to just be my son. <laughs> like, I, before I had him, like, before anything, I used to always just post pictures of, like, Kyle up against a cute wall and my coffee in the morning. And I, I've never been someone who likes a ton of, like, me-centric photos. But I feel like if people are going to critique my photos or if they're going to be like analyzing them, I don't necessarily want them to be analyzing Milo or analyzing my husband or my friends who don't want to be on like social media so much. And so I feel this kind of need to like just post the pictures I like of Milo on my Instagram story or to Facebook or wherever and or like a, a private place. Um, and to have everything be like really me centric, which just doesn't feel right to me. Natural. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. This conversation is kind of derailed from hate and we can kind of guide it back to it. But I think it's, it's interesting. I, I've never heard of someone just like deleting everything in, without having some sort of like huge scandal or, you know. Right. You know, the only so. thing I can think of that was like that is um, a YouTuber I really like, Philip DeFranco. His wife used to have a family channel. And I, I, I wasn't like an avid watcher of the channel, but as far as I know, she there was no big scandal. She just decided to delete it. And it was a, a really large channel um, because she decided that it was too much and it wasn't something she wanted to subject her family to anymore. And that's the only thing I can think of that's similar. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I mean, I think it's such an interesting thing and we'll see how it goes and what ends up happening with it. I mean, we can talk about it next week <laughs> or the week after and see where we're at. But 
kind of circling back to you because I think that you are someone who you receive all three categories of hate and you do have a lot of different platforms do you find that it kind of gets to you more on Instagram versus YouTube or on the podcast or you know I think I think Instagram and the vlog channel honestly have been the places where I've been getting more of that very nitpicky criticism which recently has been the stuff that I've found has affected me the most which is kind of surprising because I think when you get those just blatant awful comments enough times you start to grow a really hard shell to it where you don't let it affect you where if someone just messages me something just horrible and awful I honestly don't care like it doesn't affect me I don't care what they think of me I why would I give them any time of day I just delete move on but when it comes to those really nitpicky criticisms I find that recently at least they've started to get to me more than I think I even want to acknowledge that they can um for example I wrote down one example that I thought was really interesting um since we moved into this house I have been taking Bella on a lot of walks and so um, I started getting a couple comments, like totally fine comments, like don't think that I'm thinking this is hate, of people just being like, I wonder why she doesn't take Bruiser on walks. And so I addressed it and I was like, oh yeah, Bruiser doesn't like walks. She's a little tiny chihuahua. I've tried taking her on walks for many years. And after a minute or two, she starts pulling to go back home and trying to jump into my arms. She doesn't like it. We've talked to her vet. They've said that she gets plenty of exercise running around our backyard because we have a backyard. When we lived in an apartment, we did take her on walks because that was the only exercise she got. But now that we have a yard, she has plenty of exercise. That should have been it, right? (laughs) But um, instead, I started getting comments and DMs on the vlog and on, on my Instagram saying that, I'm abusing my dog by not taking her on walks that um, I got someone who said they were reporting me to the ASPCA because I take Bella on walks and not Bruiser. There were people saying that I'm lying because there's not a dog in the world who doesn't like going on walks. And I'm like, you know what? Trust me when I say my four pound chihuahua doesn't like going on walks and I've tried. And trust me when I say she gets plenty of exercise in the backyard and The reality is the more we open up online, the more people have to criticize. Because when I lived at the old house, I rarely took either dog on walk. I never took Bruiser on walks, but I I would probably take Bella on a walk maybe once a month, once every couple weeks. And I never got comments asking why I don't take my dogs on walks. I never got comments asking why does Bruiser not go on walks because I just didn't really take my dogs on walks. They just got exercise in the backyard. But once I started talking about taking Bella on walks, people started pulling out that magnifying glass and and really getting critical about my actions towards my dog and not taking her on walks. And it makes me feel like anything I share is going to be overanalyzed and is going to be overcriticized. And the reality is, I don't think anything constructive is coming out of someone reporting me to the ASPCA for not taking my four pound chihuahua on a walk every day and I don't think there's anything constructive coming out of people you know just saying that I'm an awful person for not doing that and to me that is kind of a a very easy example to show of like not all criticism is valid and not all criticism is constructive yeah I mean I think I first of all that's so horrible and it's so almost effed up. It's almost well, funny. It's so bad. It's 
It's kind of funny to me just because I'm pretty sure I've... No, we were, we became friends like a year after you adopted Bruiser. Because I was but there we were friends the when I adopted Bella. brought home Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I just feel like I know your relationship with them so much. I mean, I've seen you with them for, I don't know, how long have you had Bella? Eight years? Eight years, Some, yeah. Something like that. And so I I feel like I know their personalities. I know that you are the most attentive dog mom <laughs> I've ever well, met in my you. life. Like, I feel like you and my friend Jessica are just, like, both superstars when it comes to that. And I'm constantly amazed at, like, I don't know, even just, like, the little things that you do for them. And it's – so it's it's humorous to me because I know what a great life Bruiser lives. <laughs> and the idea that someone could, like, take issue with that without having any sort of context is, like, a little comical. But it's just this idea that when you weren't posting – about taking uh, Bella on walks that no one had anything to say. And then as soon as you posted like the occasional boomerang or vlog or whatever, it's like now all of a sudden a huge issue. And I think there's this mentality on the internet of people really like to fight for the underdog, you know, pun intended. (laughs) Pun intended. But I see horrible comments all the time of people saying, oh, you favor this child to people with multiple children or oh, you you favor this animal, you favor this whatever, and it's like, we need to bring justice for Bella, or Bruiser, or <laughs> we need to, you know, and it's like, you don't know the full story. Bruiser yeah. just doesn't like to go on walks. Maybe yeah. that kid doesn't like to be on camera as much. Like, I think right. people just really like to think that people are picking favorites in their life and, like, yeah. take it personally and have maybe, like, too much empathy yeah, for such a situation that they aren't fully aware of. Absolutely, and I think I think it comes back to that people looking for something to criticize. And I I agree that I think anyone who knows me in real life, I mean, my parents make fun of me for how much I coddle my dogs. Like ever since I got them, my parents have like made fun of me for how much I like treat my dogs like little angels. And so yeah. it is comical the idea that anyone would try to get my dogs taken away from me because of the way I treat them. And also, I think it comes down to the idea that like there's a lot more serious issues going on in the world than me not walking one of my dogs. And I think a lot of the stuff that people get criticized for online, there's a lot other things that we could be in uproars about other than you using dryer sheets. (laughs) Well, and I, I do think that's interesting that you said that your parents make fun of you for how much you take care of them and love them. Cause I, I feel the exact same way about, I feel like, Kyle and some of my friends have made the joke for a long time that there is this character on The Good Place that was like he had he was like the only person getting into The Good Place because he had like accumulated so many good points because he like had like pet snails and he would like make little like tombstones for them when they passed away and would like (laughs) name them like very funny names and he like composted everything and like he just everything he did like they showed this funny clip of like a neighbor like throwing a shoe at him and he was like thank you so much and like ran after the neighbor with his shoe being like but like take your shoe back you need it <laughs> and I feel like people in my life make fun of me because I constantly am trying to like 
find new ways that I can improve myself. And then like yeah. I just jump on that bandwagon of like as yeah. soon as I like really got educated about composting, I was like, okay, Kyle, we like we need to order a compost tomorrow. Like let's get on board with this. Let's do this. And I think my problem was that I started sharing those like things that I was getting into and it I think people were expecting every week for it to be like a new revelation of that like all of a sudden I was like a content creator for like improving yourself and it was like okay this week's composting next week it's like zero waste laundry next week it's like all like a bulk food haul and you know those things might eventually come down the pipeline if that's something I get educated about and I feel like it fits into my lifestyle and the benefits outweigh the cons and whatever but I I think it's funny that I I wonder if channels that face hate and like criticism the people in their personal lives would also say that it's like interesting because those are the things that they're the most passionate about and they Mm -hmm. put out the most online you know yeah yeah I think there's the aspect of that and then I think there's also a lot of criticism I get that like kind of cuts me deep even though it's like not because the things that cut me deep are not people telling me you know that God's punishing me because I can't have children that doesn't cut me deep what cuts me deep is the little things about my that are true about my personality or my interactions with my family and my friends and I wrote another thing I wrote down about that um hold on let me scroll to that um I think what I've started to do is when I do know I've started to overanalyze myself because I deep down feel those same ways about myself and those are my own insecurities and so I I've noticed especially in like vlogs and stuff and on Instagram I have to be really conscious of making sure that I don't let it get to me to the point where I start editing out my personality because I don't want to polarize people and I don't want to be too loud. I don't want to be overbearing because people will criticize me for that. I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to, you know, Stephen and I all the time like joke back and forth and jab at each other and I think maybe I shouldn't show that because people will criticize me for it and I start removing all of these bits that are who I am and are what make me unique and make me quirky and make me me because I don't want to be viewed as loud or overbearing and I'm a I'm a people pleaser I don't want people to think I'm too passionate or too this or too that and so the reality is though if I listen to everything that people say is wrong with my personality or my lifestyle when I take all those things out of me and edit all those things out and try to change those things about myself, I would be left with a faceless blob of someone with no defining personality traits. Because well, the and you rea- wouldn't be you. I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be me if I was loud and if I wasn't loud and a little annoying. And so I think if I, I've been trying to be conscious about not letting those things get to me because I don't want to lose those things that make me me, and I don't want to. I don't want to take all of these things of my personality out of me because I want to please people and I want people to like me and I think honestly that's one of my flaws that I've been become very aware of recently is that I'm a little bit too much of a people pleaser and I want people to like me a little bit too much and I've started to make the conscious effort to not change who I am because I want people to like me and it's it's a fine line though because also like I said I'm always striving to be better and I'm always striving to listen to the valid criticism and so it's a line of I don't want to remove all the things about me that make me me to please people but also I want to grow and I want to be better so I don't don't, there's no conclusion there (laughs) 
I mean, I think I think that's really interesting. I think it's interesting because I don't we don't talk about this stuff mm-hmm. and I don't like go through your comments <laughs> to like try and, you know, see what mean people are saying about you. And so, I mean, I didn't even really think about the fact that people probably critique you for your personality and it's that's such a hard thing. I mean, I know one of my favorite like I have a bunch of favorite things about you that are like big overarching things. And then I feel like I have like little teeny things where I'm like, I love that about Sierra. And I feel like one of my very favorite little things about you is that you always have a very nerdy phone case. And <laughs> like there have been multiple times where you're like sitting with like a designer bag at like some like YouTube event. And then you would have like a Pokemon phone case. And it's just like so funny to me. It's like the most quintessential Sierra thing. And I saw you posted an Instagram like maybe last week that you were like, my baby Yoda phone case is like cramping the aesthetic of this picture or whatever. And like that to me is like the Sierra that I never want to be filtered out. Like Mm -hmm. I... I wouldn't like, I mean, I would still, I would still love the picture if you <laughs> yeah, didn't have a baby out of phone case. That wouldn't be me. But that wouldn't be you. If it was like just this like aesthetically perfect picture and there was no real personality to it. It was just like a bikini picture. What makes it Sierra is that it does have the personality behind it. And it is real and raw and authentic. And I think that in, I feel like a big part of who you are and the message that you try and send is like to be your authentic self and you promote body positivity and self-acceptance and self-love. And I think that that is all wonderful and amazing. And I, I also think in addition to that is like accepting your personality, you know, mm-hmm. and who you truly are. And if who you truly are is a little bit loud, <laughs> then like <laughs> whatever, who cares, you know, if... I don't know. But it's I think it's, it's so funny that you say that because I, I've probably gotten 30, 40, 50 comments and messages saying, you know, why do you have a Pokemon phone case? Why do you have a Baby Yoda phone case? Grow up. You're 24. Why do you talk about playing Pokemon Go all the time? Grow up. Why do you talk about Broadway all the time? It's not a personality trait. But like you said, like that wouldn't be, why, why? this is like getting me weirdly emotional. Like hmm. those little things are what make a person them. Yeah. And if I said, you know what, you guys are right. I'm 24 years old, so I'm going to get a aesthetically pleasing, beautiful floral phone case. That That's not me. And so yeah. I, if I listened to every one of those little comments, I would just be this, I would be the equivalent of vanilla ice cream or a white sheet of paper. There would be nothing going on. And, and the thing is, then no one would have anything to criticize because there wouldn't be anything mm-hmm. defining. And the more we open up and the more we show who we really are, the more there is to criticize. But there is also something beautiful about that because the more there is for people to connect with. And I find the people who I follow online, who I feel a strong connection to, are the people who are open and vulnerable and show who they are even when it's messy. And so I'm sure those people get lots of criticism about them and their personality and the reality is those are the things that I love about following them and I love about, you know, watching their videos and I don't want them to be this perfect white sheet of paper. I want it to be messy and colored outside the lines because that's actually who they are. Well, and also on the flip side of that, if you if you are like me and you are a white sheet of paper. You are not <laughs> a white sheet of paper. But I think that I think that to a certain degree I 
I am someone who likes to color inside the lines. I do like I like everything in my life to be tidy and very like put together and organized and like beyond just like an aesthetic level. Like that's how my mind works. Like if right. you look at my Google calendar, like that's how I organize. That is who my that is life. who you are. And yeah, and I and I mean I wrote, I've, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go. sorry. I <laughs> no, go. I was going to say you. I've gotten messages of like I think of this one specific message I know I've told you about before of one time I like had to make my own bubble solution because I ordered a bubble machine for my son and it didn't come with bubble solution and so I like posted like a cute boomerang of it and I was like haha like this is gonna be messy sos and I got a message that was well I got two messages one was like only you could think that soap and water is messy like and then one was like I can't wait till quarantine's over so Auntie Sierra can show Milo how to jump in some puddles and play with mud (laughs) and I was like I was like I I get that that's how I come across online but you're like I don't like mess and I whatever but like the bubbles were messy. Like, my deck is still, like, slippery. And I, like, have to figure out how to get my hose up to it. It was a mess. And, like, I do play with my son and, like, make a mess with him. Most of the yeah. time I don't post about it because he's, like, naked or at least shirtless. <laughs> and I don't want to post stuff like that, you know? Right. But, like, we paint with all the colors of the rainbows. We do all sorts of sensory plays. Like, I mean, I've talked to people who are, you know a little confused about like how I'm doing sensory play at three months old and at two months old and you know just because I feel like it's so important for me to push myself to like do messy things yeah and be that way but I feel like I get a lot of messages of like the opposite of saying like your life seems like too picture perfect like you need to show like what postpartum really looks like or like you have a responsibility to share like x y and z and like don't get me wrong I have bad days I have moments where like my house is messy and this that and the other but the reality is is that I wouldn't be being true to who I am if I were to like photograph the dishes in my sink because then I would just go do them like five you know what I mean like that's that's not that's not my messy. My messy is like me crying because I'm emotional. It's not <laughs> like the kind of messy that you see online when people are being right. like raw and real. And so I think that it's kind of the same thing of like you just have to be you. And if you are all the colors of the rainbow and you're drawing outside of the lines and that's who you are with your baby Yoda phone case, then like be that. And if you're someone who like can't stand a mess, <laughs> it's like then I don't be know. that then be that you know I that's what I had written down actually next was um it there is no right you can never do anything right because I so my house is typically a little messy we didn't spend thousands of dollars on new furniture when we moved in here we've built on the furniture that we've had every time we've upsized to a new place so We didn't hire an interior designer. We have, you know, some stuff that I've had, like we have a TV stand that I've had since I was a kid and we have a dining room table that we got at a garage sale, but we have like a nice bed frame that we got at uh, like one of the furniture stores. And people tell me that, people criticize me for that. People say that my house doesn't look like an adult house. It looks like a frat house. It's too messy. I need to grow up. But influencers who have that perfect, pristine 
Pinterest looking house are told that it's fake, it's unattainable, that's not real life, you know, real life is not Pinterest. And so there isn't any winning. If, if I hired in an interior designer and I had this perfectly aesthetic house, people would tell me I'm not relatable. And people would tell me that this is, you know, I'm too obsessed with aesthetics. But with my messy house and with, you know, my mismatched furniture and my dining or my uh, kitchen stools that don't match the rest of the decor, people tell me that um, it's it's like gross and messy and I should be embarrassed. And I think I get a lot of that too when it comes to my appearance in that when I, since I've started going more natural and, you know, I, most days while I've been in quarantine, I wear like bike shorts or joggers and my, just wear my hair natural and no makeup. And I'll get comments that say, you know, put a little effort into your appearance. Like, don't you care? You're putting this online. Don't you want uh, like show some pride in your appearance but if I woke up every day and did my hair and makeup and picked out a perfect outfit people would tell me that I'm not relatable and it's fake and I'm putting up this front and you just can't win and that's I think I've gotten to this point where I've just decided I don't care and mm-hmm. You know, like I said, hate still gets to me. The reality is sometimes it's going to affect me, but I can't sit here and try to change everything about myself to please people because at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like it. Well, and it's it's interesting that I feel like we get it kind of on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Of We do. I know that like I've gotten messages of, the exact opposite of what you were saying of the like everything in life isn't about aesthetics and this that and the other I'll post a picture of like me with Milo and I'll get a bunch of messages saying like this made me feel so bad about myself like how are you so skinny postpartum like what kind of diet are you on this isn't healthy or you know like this made me feel so horrible I haven't done my hair and I'm six months postpartum and you seemingly do it every day and it's like these things of first of all like just want to put it out I'm not dieting (laughs) like I I I don't think I'll ever get back to the size that I was pre-pregnancy and that is absolutely fine with me like it does not matter to me what matters to me is like eating enough nutrients to feed my child and like take care of myself and like I try and be active I try and like go on walks and do some yoga every once in a while but that's mostly just for my mental health and, and also it's, it's, a, it's a little offensive to ask someone what diet they're on yeah it's, <laughs> it's like a little messed up it well it's 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 effed up like it's it like is a the, vegan diet where I eat yeah. whatever I feel like where I eat like mostly vegetables and pasta you know and <laughs> but it's it's that same kind of thing of if you don't wear makeup every day if you don't do your hair if you know you wear bike shorts or whatever it's like oh like put a little effort in and then <laughs> if you like are wearing a dress and have your hair and makeup done it's like oh well you must not be paying enough attention to your child if you're like taking time to curl your hair or whatever and it's just so ridiculous like you just can't can't win you can't (laughs) and something that I've also been experiencing recently and I've only experienced it a handful of times and so I'm sure you probably share the same sentiments are people assuming things about me that are like the opposite of <laughs> of who I am to my core. Yeah. And I feel like that is like one of the worst things because yeah. it's like I like I want to just like correct everyone and scream into the ether that like 
no, that's the opposite of who I am. That's the opposite of what I stand for. But at the end of the day, like I can't, I can't spend all of my time just like correcting people and like, I don't know. I feel like once you acknowledge something, then it's like people know that you're listening and reading yeah. and it's, it's really hard to have assumptions floating around about you that are just like not fact-based and also just not true. You know? Well, and sometimes people will make assumptions that I either can't or don't want to address. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be – because there are aspects of my life that I don't want to share online. And there are things about who I am and and my personal life that I am not comfortable putting online. You know, I'm a pretty open book, but there are some things for me that I just don't want to share online or I can't share online. Or – are about someone else in my life who it's not my place to share that online and so I think sometimes I feel like it's hard when I see um assumptions or criticisms where I want to yell out and be like actually that's totally the opposite but I can't and it's it's hard it's it's a really hard weird thing and I mean especially I know I mean, you more than me. Again, I just want to emphasize, you have a much bigger platform, and you don't have you don't have to I give do. the disclaimer. Any any criticism <laughs> but, or any hate is valid to have some uh, well, backlash. Well, but it's interesting because I think both of us have partners who still have like regular nine to five jobs, and so mm-hmm. a lot of times things will like affect them too. Or like mm-hmm. if I were to come out and say something, that's also like me coming out and saying that for my spouse who mm-hmm. like I I don't consult Kyle every time I post something on Instagram you know right. and like even like little things of I like occasionally will do like Q&A's on Instagram and I'll like post things of I posted like some baby names that I liked and after the fact I was like hey were you cool with that and he was like yeah it was <laughs> fine but like that's me sharing baby names that like Kyle likes or like right. this is me being very vocal about my opinion on like how like raising a boy is different for me than like if I were to have a girl for a variety of reasons you know mm-hmm. and and it's like me me saying these like big statements since Kyle doesn't have a public social media and a lot of his coworkers follow me a lot of his friends family members I think a lot of times I kind of take responsibility for speaking for the both of us when mm-hmm. in reality I only ever am speaking for me you right. know Absolutely. And it's it's hard, like you said, specifically having a partner who is very much a norm, normal person with a normal job. Um, yeah. Because when if Steven and Kyle just were also, you know, influencers or YouTubers, you know, we would probably we wouldn't have to take so much caution with a lot of the things that we do say. But there can be real world ramifications for us opening up about certain things because not even just our partners, but our families have very normal jobs. And, you know, my mm-hmm. mom's a teacher. And maybe there are things that I shouldn't put on the internet because it's connected to her. And I have to be really careful about that. And it can feel so frustrating when you want to share things or you want to clarify things and you can't. Yeah. I think, too, something I've realized is because we do hot takes, typically, we didn't this podcast, I think that people think that everything that we say is like a matter of debate because like we're totally (laughs) cool with if you have a varying opinion on a hot take like comment it we want to hear your perspective but like when it comes to my parenting choices or you know something that Sierra vlogs about I mean constructive criticism is 
hopefully always constructive and whatever. But like not everything is a hot take, if that makes sense. It's just how we're living our lives. Right. Right. And I think that does bring up the the point that we talked earlier about that I just want to reiterate that not all criticism and hate is created equal. And I do think not even just talking about us, but now I'm just talking about social media in general. I think there's an issue of us as influencers and as a community lumping all criticism together into a place where it feels like you can't speak out against something that you truly feel is wrong. And I fully like I have uh, that's the next thing that I wrote down, um, which is I think a lot of the times we talk about being imperfect and making mistakes in the past tense and mostly on like really big things when people get canceled. You know, we yeah. hear a lot about like I'm human. I apologize for this in the past when it's like a big thing that someone's getting canceled over. But the reality is like I'm not a perfect person. I'm a human and I make little mistakes every day and I'm sure in this podcast I've probably said a dozen things that I could have worded better and that maybe came off the wrong way and I'm sure in vlogs I say things that is going to make someone roll their eyes or that they're not going to like and in real life that happens all the time. I mean probably every Mm -hmm. day Steven and I get annoyed with each other. Every time I hang out with my family I'm sure someone says something that rubs the other person the wrong way. You and I disagree on things all the time but you talk about it and Mm -hmm. or you just roll your eyes or scoff and you move on and oh sorry I interrupted go ahead no go no no no. you continue what you're saying was wonderful (laughs) okay (laughs) um like people in real life do things that annoy you but you don't cuss that person out and tell them that they're a horrible human being for it you either choose to accept them and their flaws and you know call them out on things that you think are really an issue or you say you know what this person's values don't align with me and I don't want them in my life and I wish that we could treat social media in the same way where like I'll call my family members out on things that are problematic in a respectful way but they don't say one thing that annoys me and I curse them out and tell them that they're you know satan in human form but on social social media we not we but people sometimes the small minority do that and i think sometimes it's better off to just unfollow someone if they're continually continually doing things that you feel like don't match up with your values absolutely and i mean i think that for me there are some hills that i'm willing to die on and Mm -hmm. i think some things i post i'm like yes I fully accept people aren't going to agree with me. Some people are probably going to message me about it and that's okay. I think a thing too for me with canceled culture as a whole is I I hate the aspect of canceled culture that's like bullying and hateful and like at a certain point it's like the person gets it. Like they yeah. effed up and they like <laughs> they're they're reaping the repercussions of that. Yeah. And I I totally, I disagree with like the hate trains and like the horrific messages and death threats and everything that comes with it. But I find no issue with if you find out something about someone that's upsetting to you, doesn't serve you, doesn't align with your views, just quietly unfollowing them. I've done that many times. Many times I've done that. Same. And I think, I mean, I unfollow people in my life who do nothing wrong. It's just like... We haven't talked in a really long time and I like this, you aren't providing me anything. You aren't teaching me something. You aren't 
we're not in contact anymore. I just, I don't need to see that, you know? But I I do think that if you find out something about an influencer that you don't agree with or that upsets you, I think it's all right to unfollow them. I just, I I don't think it's all right to like send death threats about it or, you know? And And I think, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and I understand like being vocal about it to to help mm-hmm. enlighten other people. If someone does something like truly horrible and you want you want to enlighten people so that they have the choice as to whether they want to continue following that person or not. I understand that perspective. It's just I feel like at a certain point with cancel culture, it's like it's just hateful and it's yeah. just like rooting for people to fail. You know, you're not asking someone to be accountable. You're not asking someone to apologize. You're just being hateful. And I think there was it was really interesting and heartbreaking and hard to watch everything that happened with the James Charles cancellation that then kind of everyone backtracked on of it was OK, this person is canceled. They did something wrong. Da 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 da. But then it also evolved into let's just try and ruin this person's life and career. And then, you know, in the end, more stuff came out and people backtracked and and resubscribed and refollowed. And it really became this just toxic thing. And I think a lot of people love to say, I hate cancel culture. I don't believe in cancel culture. But I think it's a nuanced conversation, like you said, of it's okay to unfollow someone. It's okay to decide that this is not someone or something that you want to support. And that doesn't mean that they're canceled and that doesn't mean that everyone has to unfollow them. That means that everyone can make that choice for themselves, whether it's a business or a person or uh, a YouTube channel. It's okay to decide that you don't align with them. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. Did, did you have any other points that you wanted to talk about? I feel like this conversation has been so enriching and just great for us personally and so I'm, I'm really happy that we chose to talk about this today I am too and I think you know like I said at the beginning of this uh, we're told not to talk about the these things not to address hate because it draws more attention to them and like that is true um and it kind of sucks that that's where it has to end but I think especially with this conversation I do hope that um there's some good that can come out of it and that people can understand our I guess our mindset a little bit more and you know the times when I step away from social media or if I decide not to upload for a week or I'm not vlogging as much maybe you can understand a little bit more maybe what what I'm going through at that time even if I don't explicitly say what it was um and also the last thing I had kind of written down is um that it's okay to critique people you follow when you feel that they've done something wrong which is kind of exactly what we we're just saying which is funny that mm-hmm. we were joking that it doesn't all wrap up in a perfect bow and it kind of does um but that it's okay to critique people that you follow when you feel that they've done something wrong it's okay to challenge people to be better it's okay to ask people to clarify things um but I would just try to think before you send that comment or that message if it's productive and also try to remember that the person on the other end is a human and regardless of if they have 20 million followers or a million or 100 followers they're a real person and those things do affect them and try to think before you send it if this is gonna have some sort of productive outcome. Um, sometimes it's better to just unfollow them if your values don't line up or if you find them just annoying. 
sometimes it's better just to say in the way we would in real life to say you know what this person is not bringing things to my life and I'm gonna cut this toxic person out of my life it's okay to do that same thing with influencers and it's okay to unfollow them and be done with it and move on but if you're continuing to follow someone just because you hate them or you disagree with everything they post maybe it's time to think about a better way that you could spend your time (laughs) I agree. Amen, sister. I, <laughs> I also, I feel like this is kind of like, since we've talked about me like deleting my Instagram or going private or whatever, I also just want to say that I appreciate and I hear all of your kind messages. Yes. I think especially like from people in this community, like the podcast community that we've cultured, <laughs> I like I have never been so inspired as like I have been reading some of your messages like especially after the birth podcast I I don't want anyone to think that like I'm ungrateful or that those messages fall on deaf ears like I I hear you I appreciate you I I just for me and my family think that I am going to have to make that decision to go private um We'll see what ends up happening in a week or so. I, I think I'm just kind of taking this time. I have all of my DMs turned off and comments turned off. And I'm just letting it sit because I don't want to be like a teenager who's like, I'm deleting everything. <laughs> and then in like a month be like, oh, crap. Like, I want to still connect with people. I want to whatever. So yeah. I'm just taking my time to kind of decide what's best for me and my family. But that doesn't impact me being on the podcast And that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate all of the love and support that I've gotten on there. Um, And so I just wanted to clarify that because I think when I said that I might be deleting my Instagram, I don't want people to think that I'm not going to be on the podcast anymore and that they messaged me like a three paragraph long thing and I didn't appreciate it and I'm ungrateful because I'm so grateful for the love and support and I'm so grateful for all of you guys. And I hope to continue having these like enriching conversations where like we're challenging each other you know Mm -hmm. to be better and where maybe we aren't totally decided on what the solution is to a problem and you guys can help us and just being open and honest and unfiltered (laughs) retweet I absolutely echo those sentiments and I do want to make sure that you guys know we appreciate your kind comments and I even appreciate the comments that are kind but critique me a little bit and I welcome you guys to continue sharing with me and I want you guys to know that the the really kind comments that I get are what motivate me to continue doing this even when it's hard and you know I have days where I think maybe my life would be better off if I just quit YouTube altogether and then I get a comment or a message or a post on the Facebook group that is telling me how much my channel has changed them or how much following me has helped them to accept themselves and those comments are what fuel me and remind me that like there is a reason that I put up with some of the shit that I have to do with this job and the reason is because it's worth it when I see those messages and when I hear from you guys and the few times that I've gotten to meet viewers in person I have left feeling so inspired and so motivated and so driven to continue making videos and so even though this episode was focusing on the difficult aspects of dealing with criticism and negativity and I want you guys to know I love you and I appreciate you and it means 
so much to me when I get those messages. So I would just, bitches based on how much it means to me, I would really challenge you guys to, if there's a creator who's impacted your life in a positive way, let them know because it, those are the messages that remind us why we do what we do. If there's a YouTuber or an Instagrammer or an author that you just love, send them an email, send them a DM. Even if they don't respond, they might see it. It might mean a lot to them. And it's it's one of those things that can be really impactful. Yes, I 100% agree. And also know that your message might be coming after kind yes. of a harsh message, you yeah. know? And so your message might be the thing that when that person is having a tough time or receiving criticism that you might be the person that kind of like pulls them out of that. So, yeah. I mean, I think this has been great. Yeah. I I feel so good personally Me after too. like having this talk and I just love you so much and I'm so happy yeah. that like you are you've let me express myself and mm. my thoughts and feelings on your platform and I'm just so grateful of for course. you. Of course. I'm grateful for you and guys just remember that there is no subscriber or follower threshold on being a human. Uh, if someone has 100 followers or 40,000 or 40 million, they're still a person at the end of the day and you don't reach a certain threshold where all of a sudden you're not a person anymore. So Skylar's a person. Yeah. I'm a person. We're all people. That just sounds like a high thought. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a person. You're a person. You're a person. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Aww. Well, I love you guys so much. Thanks for this conversation, Skylar. It really meant a lot for me. And I'm excited to keep investigating this off the podcast <laughs> yeah me too oh, bye bye, bye. <laughs>